0: Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just want to read something real quick. Stay worshiping him. Praise the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every, every spiritual blessing in the heavens. For he chose us, he chose you in him before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight, in love. He predestined us, he predestined us to be adopted through Jesus Christ for himself according to his favor and will. He predestined himself. It's your destiny. It's your destiny where you're at. It's your destiny where you're going. And it's his will that you step into that destiny that he's given you, that he's called you, that he imparted inside of you when he created you. It's your destiny. Those thoughts, the way you handle things, the love that's in your heart, it's part of your destiny. It's what he called you to do. It's how he created you. And it's his will that he step into that, that we step into that. I love, over the weekend, Matt's been talking about identity, and I think that's something that we've talked about a lot as a body, our identity. And it's time that we step into that identity that's our destiny, because it's his will. It's his will. With that right now, there is a text in our group text of, they're adjusting something in Roger's, um, I don't know the right words for it. They're adjusting something. And if I'm understanding, if you can shake your head at me, Lydia, I believe they're adjusting it and it's going to be better. Yes? Because it's not his destiny. That's not his destiny. That is not his destiny. So if you don't mind, guys, if we could just worship the Lord, just for however long it's on your heart. Just worship him. Call out his name. Let's worship the Lord for roger right now lord we worship you father we worship you for what you're doing lord we worship you father that you predestined us for greatness lord that it's your will father it's your will lord for us to step into what you're calling us to it's your will lord for roger to walk out of that room it's your will lord for healed lungs in that body that is not his calling that is not his destiny lord We worship you, Father. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. you. It doesn't matter the thoughts that are flowing through our minds. What matters is what you say. What matters is what you're capable of. It doesn't matter what the doctors are saying or what they're talking about. You, Lord, are greater. You called him to greater things, Father. Oh, Lord, we love you. We love you, Lord. We love you. We love you. We love you. We love you, Lord. You're a good God. You are a good Father. And we thank you, Lord. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen, amen. Now, how do you end that? (laughs) How do you step out of that? I don't know. You don't, right? You keep going. Good morning guys. It's good to see all your bright shiny faces. I love how I love well, I don't love this part. But our body right now is a little incomplete because part of us is in a hospital. But I love that when we ask for prayer that you guys all use your voices, you use your hearts, use your minds, and you go to the Father for this for part of our body. I feel like that I feel like I jumbled my words right there, but Y'all get it, right? (laughs) You get it, kind of, sort of? Well, this is day three of awesomeness. And yeah, we don't want that to end either, but they got to go home. They've got other kids. (laughs) So it's been good. How many of you guys have enjoyed that? It's been awesome. It's been awesome, awesome, awesome. Awesome. Well, usually the only reason I come up here is to take some time so Chris can put his guitar down and (laughs) we can move forward. And that has come to an end. (laughs) So if you guys don't mind giving me a drum roll, Chris is about to take the mic. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) 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 Yeah.
1: My goodness, man. And we're supposed to be starting down here. All right. Sorry about that, guys. Um, I'll get that for you in a second, but, uh, yeah, man, Sunday morning, last day of the the weekend, and it's been amazing. It's been just incredible. Yeah. We want to continue to pray for Roger. Um, we believe that the goodness of God is our, um, it just never stops, right? It never stops. It never quits. It's always trying uh, it's, it's always running after us. Amen. And so um, let's not forget that. Let's not. We, we, we can't forget that. We, we can never say that enough. You can never say enough about his goodness. You can never run out of things to say about his. You could sit there and say he's good forever. And it would continually be true. And the beautiful thing is, goodness continually grows on us. Amen? Do y'all believe that? Yeah. Well, today, uh, I'm excited. uh, I'm excited because we get to hear our people. I'm not excited that it's the last day. But but we're... Prophesy, Eric. (laughs) 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 Des is like, wait... (laughs) No, hey, there. There's some stuff there. I won't. I won't. They, they've got all kind of words about Texas, and so really, just just pray for, pray for the will of the Lord, man. To what Dad wants to do with y'all, man. Yeah, Amen. I, I think uh, if you haven't been here, um, Matt and Dez are just they're they're foundational to the foundation of Core Church, who we've become, who we are, and and they've been with us uh, from the very beginning. Uh, we love him to death. Um, he is um, uh, just, they're just great friends. Their family is is, is just amazing people. Um, for those of you that maybe, maybe you're, uh, I mean, I see some faces that I don't know exactly. Um, God is just simply God, right? And some of the ways that he speaks to us here on this place, it, there's, there's just a myriad of ways that he speaks, and some of those are what we call a word of knowledge or a prophetic word and things like that, and those are just fancy words for saying that he knows he knows you <laughs> and that he will speak some stuff to you from someone that has no clue who you are or what you're about, but it's all about hearing the Father's heart and, uh, and sharing that, and Matt and Des flow very well in that when we kind of start to narrow that down specifically, but, man, we're all here just to hear Dad's heart for our life. Amen? Whether that's in the teaching of the word, whether that's in just sharing with what God is doing, or if that is actually hearing some very specific things uh, for your life, which is what has happened some over this weekend. So I say all that to say, have your phone ready if you want to record, in case you get you know something coming. But anyway, uh, more than that, we just want to hear the Father's heart. Amen. So Matt, come on, brother. Yeah, give him a hand
2: clap. All right, I'm excited about this morning because I'm about to do something and share on something that I've not shared on, but uh, you guys are the first because I feel like uh, I want you guys to be ahead, okay? Uh, There's going to be some strategy that I'm about to release, and I'm going to help through the Holy Spirit reframe 2020 for you, okay? Okay? So we're going to try to get through this quickly if I can, Uh, but I want to, uh, uh, like I said, I've spoken this message before, but I've not given the strategy before, okay? And there's a strategy that the church needs right now that those who have ears to hear and eyes to see, if they would capture it, they actually would begin to pull in the harvest, Okay, and so I want to give you some strategy this morning. But I want to start by saying this. I love Maya Angelou. Anybody like Maya Angelou? Awesome, awesome. She has this quote. She says this. I can be changed by what happens to me, but I refuse to be reduced by it. Okay. I can go through life and experience things, and it can change me, but I refuse to be reduced by it. Or in other words, what she's saying If I know who I am, situations or reality can change around me, but my identity is not going to be reduced by what happens to me. Oh, oh, oh. I don't know if you got that this morning. Right? So 2020, it happened, right? People want to just get over it. But I want to kind of reframe something specifically for believers. See, there was an attack. 2020 was an attack. For believers in the area of several eras. I want to get to this. How many know 2020 was a year of great challenge? For some of us, like us, it started in 2019. It started manifesting in 2019 and in 2020 hit. It was like, oh man, it's here. But what happened? It was a year of shutdowns, letdowns, and breakdowns. Right? We got shutdowns, we had letdowns, and we had breakdowns. It changed us as a society, but the big issue here I see worldwide, not just in the body of Christ, is that there was an attack in two areas against people's confidence and courage. 2020, try to reduce our confidence and our courage. I got to tell you what, if we're going to walk in activated identity, you have to have Confidence. If you don't have confidence, you will fail to actually step out in the fullness of your identity. So 2020 tried to reduce us See, the challenge and changes reduce people's confidence, whether it was our confidence to make a quick decision. I mean, here's some of the areas that I, I see confidence, right, is lacking now. Confidence to actually make a quick decision. Confidence to lead. Confidence in the prophets and the prophetic voices. Uh Uh-oh. Confidence in the political system. Confidence in so many areas of our life. And we know confidence can be based on a lot of things. But we know that believers in Christ, our confidence has to come from our relationship with God. Come on, somebody. So our confidence and courage was challenged. And many times... Where or who our confidence is in is always revealed in times of crisis. Now, you with me this morning? I'm coming out swinging, right? We're, just, we're going for it. Whether it is based on our earning power, that got challenged. Or maybe, here's a big one. Or if our confidence was based on our ability to depend on a routine or structure, that got challenged. So many people's confidence, they didn't realize, was in routine <laughs> or a structure. And then when that was messed up in 2020, people's confidence left. Or maybe our confidence was in our community or people around us. And then what happens when that's taken? Whoo. 2020, we went through a health crisis, an economic crisis, a cultural crisis, and a political crisis. Perfect storm. Confidence and courage was challenged. But I know this to be a fact. In times of an attack on our confidence, it's important to be reminded of God's providence. Okay, let's say it again. In times where your confidence is attacked, we must be reminded of God's providence. But I have a definition of God's providence that's different than what we've been taught in the religious church. See, God's providence is when He takes the messes, the miraculous, and the mysterious of events that seem out of our hands but turn it to serve a greater purpose. See, God's providence. It's discovered, now every time I talk and I make a face, I'm where she's going to take a picture of me. My, my, my daughter has these pictures of my face this week, like, like, like it's like, oh man, it has, I'm over here. It's saying that, you made me laugh, girl. It's saying that we have to realize, oh man, that's going to be on that camera, the face I just made, great. Is that God's providence definition is found in Romans 8.28. All things, not one thing, not two things, not three things, all things work for the good. To what? What's the end of that scripture, though? There we go. How many of you know God is still sitting on the throne? He's not sitting on the throne with the N95 mass social distancing itself from you. He's not. And can I tell you something? If 2020 messed up your plan A, B, and C, you have to realize the kingdom. See, we've been taught destiny as one plan. And that's why many of us don't know how to function in church because religion has taught us God's purpose and destiny, as God has one plan for you. And even I see—I mean, we've seen this many times. Even when we did uh, a school of ministry, we had our own school of ministry, and we would actually meet with these young people, and in, uh, in, in specifically in the area of marriage. Because it was taught. Oh, I could go on. This, this is another day, another message, but oh, God has the perfect person for you. There's just that one person. I. I I, can I be honest with you? I don't believe that. And I don't believe it's scriptural. I'm just leave it at that. We'll talk about that another day. I want them just to keep meditating on that. So it's saying that, but hear, hear what I'm saying. God, no, nah, I let the Holy Spirit clean that one up. Because I want you to go on a journey for that. Because what you got to understand, God doesn't just have an A, B, and C. He's already working on your plan double Z. Come on. The ultimate end game, that doesn't change, but how you get there may. That's why if somebody in church, now hear hear what I'm not saying. Divorce, we, we don't want divorce in marriage at all. But what happens... To those situations of people that end up going through a divorce that's out of their hands. Is God done with them? According to the way our theology thinks He is. Because you messed up, that was the plan, now it's not gonna happen. I'm just using that as an analogy, and we have whole denominations based on that. Now, hear what I'm not saying. We're for the restoration of marriage. We're we're, we're for reconciliation. We're all in that. But there's times where humans make decisions that God doesn't agree with, and he'll allow them to face the pain of that, but he says, I'm still with you, and your life's not over. Because I got plan D, E, F, G. I got you. Long as you keep walking with me, I got you. And we have to understand that because what happened for many of us in 2020, all our plans got messed up. And we're like, now what? Come on, somebody. Can I tell you, He is sovereign. He does not have to answer to anybody on your behalf, regardless of what's taking place in your life. Can I tell you something about God? He doesn't have to ask somebody else about you to understand you. He doesn't have to get permission from other people to like you. (laughs) Oh, boy. See, God is not reduced by what happened in 2020. So we must refuse to also be reduced by it. See, I'm convinced I'm convinced of this one thing. He has used 2020 in his providence for your promotion. You got to believe that. So, I want to propose to you, I believe, what has taken place in 2020. I'm going to speak to you prophetic. I'm going to speak to you as a church. I'm speaking as a church, the body of Christ. This is the word God's given us. I've been everywhere I travel, that I've recently traveled locally and now more. God gave us this message to start speaking. But what I haven't done is spoken on the strategy part because this is for your guys' house. Because I can't give the strategy away to everybody because they're not ready. But y'all, because strategy can only be released to family. Because you release strategy to organization, oh boy. They create rules and laws with it rather than establishing Relationships. So in saying that, I want to propose to you this morning that 2020, I want to, the message I've entitled today is Delivered by Disruption, Dispatch for Destiny. And I believe that 2020 was a disruption for your deliverance. (laughs) Oh, okay. See... One of the things you have to understand is that 2020 was a threshold. We didn't step into a new season. We stepped into a new epoch. Very different. See, we will always have times and seasons in the body of Christ. But then there are times where it's not a season, it's an epoch. And an epoch, according to Scripture, let me give you the definition. You ready for this? An epoch is a time marked by a catalytic event that begins a new period. It's a new beginning. See, we have seasons in the natural. We're in summer. Very soon here, we'll be in fall. But I'm not talking about a new season. I'm talking about a new time. Oh, come on, somebody. The last time I saw a new epoch unfold was in September 11th, 2001. We entered a new epoch, and we, I don't believe we've had one since, since last year. It's a new time. Why is this so important for us as a church? Because if we keep trying to treat it like it's a new season, we'll keep getting frustrated because we're actually operating outside of time. And when I mean by outside of time, we're not operating in his time because it's a new time. Oh, I don't know if you got that. Okay, we'll explain that a little bit more. And so the sad thing about it, much of the world has recognized it, and the church is trying to catch up. It's known now. There are so many articles out there. If you study, and I'll uh, I'll read one, techcrunch.com said, the information age is over. We've now stepped into the experience age. And if you follow trends right anything, you'll realize that they're saying right now that the information age has come to an end. And now we're in the experience age. The sad thing about it is many times in the church, we're so far behind. We're just, for many churches, they're just barely coming into the information age. And how do we know that? Because when the pandemic hit, they were behind the time and they had to catch up with the information age, but now the time has changed. And they're still trying to operate many churches in the information age where it's actually now that experience age. Oh, no, I don't know if you got that. See, according to this, this the, oh, man, this article, it says oh. 25 years ago, World Wide Web was launched, and that began the information age. But it's come to an end. It goes on to say, when was the last time you updated your Facebook status? It says right now, it's been reported that the original status updates on Facebook, 1.6 billion users are down by 21% of people updating them daily. And they're saying because the information age, Facebook is a great example because Facebook is an example of the information age. Because of all the social networks, Facebook was built on the principle of accumulation. Accumulation. Of a digital profile. So basically, the information age connected and created an online identity from the sum of information of your text, photos, videos, and web. But what is shaking everything up has been mobile. And what they're saying, catch it, this is going somewhere. I may, may, this may be, I'm not just stay with me. But mobile has changed the way we view digital uh, digital identity. It says we are now connected with live cameras in a moment of time that it's not just about information. Information is taking a back seat. Now we have continual self-expression or virtual self. And we can see it in our kids. Because my kids, I tell you right now, they're not watching Netflix. They're watching YouTube. They want to be YouTubers. They want to go live right now. And yet we, the church, are still trying to catch up. See, I got a strategy for you this morning. I want you to hear this. You with me? They're saying the mark of this experience age is that people no longer want to be bystanders. They want to be submersed in the story. Think about it. Much of our church culture has been built on bystanders. A speaker gets up, speaks information, and you guys are bystanders to hear the information. Oh, I don't know if you got that. And they're saying the world is now understanding the experience age. You don't want to be bystanders. Right now, a generation on this earth, the younger generation, the millennials, since the pandemic, the statistics of millennials coming back to church is crazy, y'all. Some places, it's gone down 30 to 50%. And what they're saying as they did a statistic is that they're calling this generation a worldwide generation. See, my generation, me and Des, we're generation X. We're the last generation that remembers not having computers and having computers. Having pay phones and all of a sudden going to cell phones. We, were that, we remember being in that. I remember having the, the, the Mac with the green screen. You play Oregon Trail. Right? So our generation, we remember. But this current generation, they don't remember any of that. They were immersed in the digital age. And what they're saying right now is they don't no longer want consumerism. I don't know if you got that. They don't want to be consumed by information, they want an experience to be all up in it. See, they don't want to hear. Just a prophetic word from the word of God. Now I hear it I'm not saying we need the word of God. But what they want is they don't want consumerism. They want partnership. They want to be in a place where they're not just being taught, but they get permission to be and do. I don't know if you got that. See, can I tell you what I've been prophesying for the last five years? The new evangelists of the church are going to be the storytellers and the movie creators. That's why even right now, TV series like The Chosen is actually causing the generation to be awakened to God. Because it's telling a story that they get to be involved in. Do You see a strategy being formed here. See, I'm telling you, we are in a new epoch season as a church, and if we don't catch up, we're going to be left behind. It's the experience age that plays into our benefit. Do you understand? We should own. The corner of experience. Because we have the God who says you can't even understand my love unless you experience it, because my love surpasses knowledge. That's Scripture. It's saying that you can't be taught in the love. You have to experience. So we hold the corner on experience. Then why are we behind? We're in the experience age, and there's some really bad things about the experience age. I got to tell you, it's not all good. Because the one thing that experience age is trying to do is stop one-on-one community. And that's not kingdom. Kingdom. But what if the church can create family because there's always going to be a longing for family, but yet have the structure of family with the impersonal experience of being encapsulated by the story? See, Des said something a while ago, and she's, I mean, God's just been speaking to her about the strategy of the church and how church is going to have to look very more creative that it's going to have to involve the arts and creativity because it's the sharing of an all-inclusive experience where we're actually learning about a story. And maybe that's why many of us who grew up in church and were taught destiny and purpose are having a hard time. Because maybe in this new season, it's not directly just about destiny and purpose, but it's about the unfolding or going on a journey and revealing of a story. Oh, no, I don't know if you got that. How many were in this room because of history, his story? He changed the world with his story. See, there's something powerful about the story. But I want to talk to you about this real quick. Give me a few minutes, would you guys? Thank you, Chris. Nobody else will. See, I want to propose to you that today we've stepped over to a threshold of a new era, a new epoch. We're no longer in a new season, but a new era. And what you've done in the past is not for the new era. You cannot look at how things worked in the past because it's going to work differently in the new era. And this is, I'm telling you firsthand, I'm going through this. What I've been used to is now obsolete. And I'm having to learn how to change and re-event and shift and structure. And I got to tell you what, it's not easy. But it can be done. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> oh. But if we don't understand that 2020 was a crossing over, then there comes a problem. And the problem is if we don't recognize and understand that we're in a new era, then we'll keep living like we're in the old season. See, there has to be a lot of letting go. Letting go You can't step into a new epoch with the paradigms, belief system behaviors of the past season. And that's why there's a lot of challenging things happening in people's identities right now. Why? Because there's always a place of maturation that takes place before you enter the promised land of a new era. They had to shed what they knew about themselves before they went into the promised land because they couldn't take the old self to the new place. <laughs> oh, I don't know if you got that. We read scriptures, and I believe this is a prophetic scripture right now, Isaiah 42.9. Indeed, the former things have come to pass, but now I declare a new thing. Before they spring forth, I'll proclaim it to you. Isaiah 43.19, do not remember the former things or ponder the things of the past. Listen carefully, I'm about to do a new thing. Now it will spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? I will even put. I would even put a road in the wilderness and rivers in the wasteland. See, I propose to you today. He's doing a new thing. But according to Scripture, we have to forget the former things. You know what that means? You have a past, but you can't let the past mark you. Oh, I don't know if you got that. You have a past, but we can't let the past mark us. See, when God does something new, the old is very disrupted. When God disrupts the old, many times we want to go back to normal when God is trying to create a new normal. (laughs) See, in times of great disruption, God will do something new and something brand new, and we're living in a new epoch time. How do we know this? Because the voices of our future no longer sound like the voices of our future. The voices in the past season that were speaking to our future, whether they're preachers or certain movements, I found that to be true. When I listen to them now, I no longer see my future. I can only see my present. Why? Because right now, whenever there's a new epoch, God raises up new voices to speak to the new future. That's why Moses couldn't take him into the promised land because Joshua had to come up as a new voice to lead him into the future. <laughs> oh. And this isn't a diss about the old voices because we still need the old voices because guess what? They have the wisdom for the new season. Oh, I don't know if you got that. Because anytime something new happens, we want to dis- do away with the old. And that's not what God said. Even when Jesus came, he said, I'm not doing away with the law. I came to fulfill it. Oh, oh, oh. So how do we know this? See, he's doing a renewed thing. I talked about that last night. The new is always found by looking how God is restoring, rebuilding, and renewing the old. Did you get that? See, I'm going to say that again. He's doing a renewed thing. So the new is always found by looking at how God restored, rebuilt, or renewed the old. Like I said, two nights ago, it's not a deconstruction, it's a reconstruction. See, when God gave me this message, he gave it to me through a dream. I had this dream. And me and Des are on a date. We're in, our, we're in our car, and we're going to a movie theater. And we pull up to the movie theater, and there's parking. Well, I didn't see it, but there's a space in front of the movie theater where you could park, but it doesn't say parking. And Des goes, you could park right there. I go, no, we can't. We can't park right in front. And so I drive back down, and I couldn't find any parking, so I had to park across the street. So we get out of the car and we're walking, and I see one of the workers, and I go, hey, could we have a park right there? And he said, yeah, that's parking. And Des looks looks at me in the dream. I was like, oh, man, you were right. So I said, I'll be right back. So I went to go get in my car. So I went back, walked to my car, and as I get in my car, I turn the engine on, and I look up, and I'm like 20 miles away. From the movie theater. And I'm trying to find my way back, but my GPS on my phone is going haywire. And I'm having a hard time getting back. And the Lord said, this is a picture of the body of Christ right now. They're waiting on the permission of man to take their place that I've designed for. And the Holy Spirit speaking to them that they already have permission. And they're and can't find a direction because they're waiting for permission for man in this new season when I've already given them permission. See, Des represented the Holy Spirit in the dream, that mother nurturer, and I was waiting for the permission of man to park somewhere that I already had access to. And because I didn't recognize it, I started getting confused and lost my sense of direction if I would only listen to the Holy Spirit who's already given me permission and there's so many people in this season the body of Christ that are waiting for permission from man. And yet the Holy Spirit said, I already gave you permission if you just read the word. Did you know that Jesus had an epoch season? And that there's strategy right now from a passage that I'm about to give you on how Jesus entered into a new season. You ready for this? Matthew 12, verse 46. This is the game here. This is where it's all about everything's about to change for y'all right now. You ready? Here's a strategy. Matthew 12, 46. While he was still talking to the crowds, it happened that his mother and brother stood outside asking to speak to him. Someone said to him, Look, your mother and your brothers are outside standing. They want to speak to you. But Jesus replied to the one and told him, Who is my mother? And who are my brothers? And stretching out his hand toward his disciples and his followers, he said, Here are my mother, and here are my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father who is in heaven by believing in me and following me, my brother and sister, they are my brother, sister, and mother. Mark 3, remember we talked about Mark 4 the other day? Well, Mark 3 is the same story, but a little different perspective. It says in Mark 3, and he came home, and the crowd gathered again to such an extent they could not eat a meal. Can you imagine having a move of God in your house so massive that you can't even eat? And then it goes on in verse 21. I want you to hear this. Please, every eye right here. And when his own people heard about this, they came out to take custody of him, for they were saying he has lost his senses. So that word own people, I did a study on that. It actually meant Jesus' mom and brothers. So basically, Jesus' mom and brothers thought Jesus lost his mind, and they came to the house to take control of it. Okay, you got, I want you to follow me. So up to this point, Jesus had only been preaching in houses and synagogues. He had not yet had the Sermon on the Mount. He had not yet went into marketplaces preaching. He was only speaking in synagogues and houses. Meaning he had a method and he had a message. But then an epoch was about to take place. <laughs> here are two accounts of the same passage. And this is how I know Jesus' mom was not Mexican. Because I've, I've been offended by this. I've read that passage many times. I'm like, why would he talk to his mom? His mom shows up. And, and he's like, nah. Here are my mom, here are my brother. I'm like, man, is Jesus dissing his mom? Because, you know, Mexican moms don't play. She would have been up in that meeting, not asking. She would have pulled him out by his ear with a chocolate, said, boy, get over here. So I knew Jiz mom ain't Mexican. I'm for real. Do you think, come on, you think I'm playing? And so for many years, I didn't understand that passage until I did a study on it. And you have two accounts of the same story. And when you combine them, you see a clear picture of what's going on. See, up to this point, he's only doing ministry in synagogues and houses. And the message and the meth- methods were similar in how he was releasing the kingdom up to that point. So he is, here he is in a house with his disciples, a huge crowd gathered. But there's so many that they have not been able to eat. Jesus' brother and his mom and the mother heard about this. And we see in Matthew 12, 44, 6, that... They go to a house to take charge of the chaos because they believe Jesus was out of his mind. How is it that you birth the Savior of the earth, but yet you don't understand his method yet? Oh, 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 oh. Several commentaries believe that Jesus' brethren, even Mary, at this point, did not fully understand his role as the Messiah. So let's look at what happens next. What happens? He's in a meeting. He's speaking, and suddenly there's a disruption. Mom and brothers show up. I want to talk to Jesus. And Jesus did something so powerful. He said, Who is my mother and who are my brothers? And it wasn't a diss against his mom. It was actually something more powerful. He said, Anybody who does the will of my father in heaven, they are my mother and they're my brothers. See, if you study, you understand that Judaism was considered, a name for Judaism was the mother faith. Okay, watch me. Jesus is talking to a group who were in, captured by Judaism. And what he's saying, I'm about to release a message. You know Judaism as the mother faith, but I'm about to release the kingdom that creates a family where we now all become family. Oh, 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 I don't know if you got that. See, the way that we're going to get strategy for what's next is how we seen 2020. Was 2020 a disruption or an interruption? See, let me propose something. We will either be delivered by disruption or become inactive and impaired by an interruption. The church right now will either be delivered by the disruption of 2020 or they will become inactive and impaired by an interruption. See, the definition of an interruption means a stoppage, a hindering of an activity for a time. Our conversation can be interrupted, but we then will go back to that conversation. See, the definition of an interruption, hear me, church, this morning, is a break in in the continual of something. Something that causes a stoppage or break in in the continual of something. A rude interruption. And many churches are still treating 2020 as if it was an interruption, trying to go back to the normal. See, you'll always go back to normal, If your interpretation that it was an interruption not a disruption. See, a disruption is very different. The definition of a disruption is to throw into disorder. To interrupt the normal course causing a new course. Oh, boy. Disruption is also a business term. And it means to successfully challenge the established product and service by using an innovation. To gain a foothold in a marginal or new segment of the market, then fundamentally change the nature of the market. A disruption. Oh boy, I don't know if you got that. A radical change to an industry, business strategy, especially involving the introduction of a new product or service that's never been created. <laughs> See, being on campus ministry, we've seen interruptions and disruptions. Can I give you a story real quick? Would that be all right? Yep. We doing around right on time? We would do these open-air meetings, and some of you guys have seen videos. We've played videos before. We do these open-air meetings, preaching. And one time, these two Jewish goth girls, I know that sounds funny, but they were dressed goth, and they were Jewish. And they would stand out, and they would boycott our meeting. But the thing was... Nobody, it was almost like they were invisible. No one really, they looked over them, didn't hear them. They were trying to interrupt our meeting, and for a minute they interrupted it, but that's all that happened. Fast forward a couple years later, we're about to do an open air meeting, and at this time there's two groups. There was the, the gay and lesbian group, they were, uh, I, I got, what, uh, what were they called? I can't remember the name. was a gay and lesbian group, and then there was the uh, black student movement. And these two groups, for some reason, didn't like us, and we never did anything to them. And so we're like, man, this has to be warfare, Lord, because we don't even know these groups. And so they show up to the meeting, and they're causing chaos. These two groups end up finding each other. And the crazy thing about it, these two groups didn't even like each other. So that's how you know it's the enemy. When you have two enemies coming together, to come against you. Like they don't even like each other. There was chaos going between those two groups. And now they become friends, and we're the common enemy. So they show up, and they're causing a ruckus. They're boycotting. They're cussing. They're, I mean, it was so intense that I actually thought there was going to be a fight. And I'm here standing as a leader, like, I'm talking to Dez. I'm talking to like, I don't know what we're going to do. Because what I would normally do is that we would have a, a band, or rapper, we'd gather people's attention. And then I'd get up, and we'd we just start preaching, sharing the good news. But the band's playing, and no one's listening. And I'm like, oh, man, what are we going to do? So I start freaking out. So I step off the stage. I'm, about, I'm getting ready to speak, and I'm stepping off the stage. I'm like, God, I can't speak. This is chaos. And he says, you know Why? This is a disruption. I'm about to give you a new method. Just ask me. So I go, what do you want me to do? So said, I want you to get up on the stage, and I want you to tell everybody loud, scream it. If the first person who comes up does not get healed, you'll tear down and go home. I'm like, oh, what? <laughs> this is wow. You can see the YouTube video on our YouTube page if you want to see what actually happened. So I get up on the mic. I stopped the music. Guys, y'all got to stop. And I grabbed the mic and I see out of my mouth, if the first person at the sound of my voice comes up here and does not get healed, we'll tear down and go home. And at that moment, a young man named Qua Wayne who happened to be playing basketball, who has severe asthma, started having an asthma attack, and he's on his way to the hospital. He's walking by. And he says from his testimony, all he heard is, hey, you want to be healed, come here. So he comes up, and I see this guy coming up. I don't know him. And he goes, I'm having an asthma attack. You called me. I'm like, okay, is this a setup, God, I'm trusting you. So I lay my hand on his chest, and I start praying for him. And then he starts like almost hyperventilating. He's like, (laughs) you can see him in the video. And I go, what's going on? He goes, my chest is on fire. My chest is on fire. I feel something burning. And we keep praying. And I go, what's going on? He goes, I can breathe. I can breathe. And instantly, both the groups and everybody in there went silent. And I'm not dumb. I was like. The message was spoken, let's go after people. So I started saying, the same God who healed this man today wants to heal your pain, wants to heal your hurts. Some of you just started going after it, and we saw people from both groups begin to receive Christ. And it was all because there was a disruption that God used to bring a new method for the masses. (laughs) And we have it on Testament. The crazy thing about it, we find out weeks later, he had severe asthma. He went to the doctor. They confirmed it. It was totally gone. He had it since he was a kid. Totally gone. Why is that so important? Because how you interpret 2020 will determine if you'll get the new method for where you need to go. If you see it as an interruption, you won't have sight for the method. You'll continue in what you've known before. See, when the enemy used to become, what the enemy used to become an interruption, God has used as a disruption to change the method for the masses. See, we were delivered by disruption. God is using 2020 to deliver the church with a disruption. And it's for our benefit, for our purpose. See, God wants to get us out of our comfortable conformities that are robbing us from our divine purpose and destiny. Number two, point two, and we're almost done. Your role and identity in stepping into the new era will be challenged by the voices of the past. Oh, boy, I don't know if you got this. When Jesus said who his mother was, it was not a diss against his real mom. It was a declaration to the church at that moment about the kingdom, and that something new is about to be birthed and nurtured. See, to understand what he was saying, you have to understand Jewish culture, because Jewish culture, Judaism was considered the mother faith. They were referring to a thing that birthed them and and nurtured them. And he referred to that Judaism faith as the mother faith. And Jesus' mother and brother are standing outside. The house was his family's house. People close to him are in there. A crowd is there. But the people close to him could not see him in his new season. They can only see him in his past season. I don't know if you got that. His mother and brothers wanted to speak to him. See, can I tell you what we learned from this story? Your past always has a voice and wants to speak to you according to who you used to be. Your past and your future both have voices. Your purpose in the present will be determined by which voice you listen to. See, what he was saying in that moment, Jesus, was that the thing that birthed you is not what you were born for. And sometimes you have to leave the thing that birthed you to discover what you were born for. Oh, boy. I don't know if you got that. I'm going to say that again. Ha, <laughs> ha, He was saying that the thing that birthed you, that religion that birthed you, Judaism, (laughs) what you were born for, sometimes you have to leave the thing that birthed you to discover what you were born for. And who were the voices? It was the voices who knew him that were trying to tell him, You're out of your mind. My last point. Delivered by disruption, dispatch for destiny. Point three, dispatch for destiny. See, in the kingdom, you grow as you go, not as you stay. In the kingdom, you you grow as you go. That's why it's the go of the gospel. He told the disciples, go. He didn't say stay. Yet many of them stayed, and what happened? See, there's some theologians that believe that some of the disciples' persecution happened because they stayed. They didn't go. Not that there wasn't persecution. Some of them faced persecution because they went, but some of them stayed. If You reread where Jesus said, I want you to stay, then I want you to go. Some of them stayed, but they didn't go. Oh, I don't know if you got that. He sent the disciples out as they went, and they matured and grew. So moments of disruption happened. And they became uncomfortable, but they grew. Can I tell you something? During the disruption of that meeting, Jesus had to get out the house in order to step into the new era and get the new method for the masses. What happens? He leaves the house. And it says he goes and by the wayside. He goes by the seaside. He goes and seeks the Father. And it's in that moment... That God gives him a new method for the masses. Because what happens next? He starts talking in parables, stories. Oh, I don't know if you got that. He was speaking in houses and synagogues. He gets out of the house of familiarity. He goes and gets with the Father. And God gives him a new method for the message, and he starts with the Sermon on the Mount, and he starts speaking with parables, stories, that those who had ears to hear could relate. And then he gives the Beatitudes, and I love what the Chosen did, because the Chosen gave me so much revelation when they showed this last episode. Jesus says, I created the Beatitudes so that anybody who reads it know where I'll be. Oh, Y'all, I had an ugly cry moment during that moment. Because I'm like, if we were to read the Beatitudes right now, we would know where Jesus is at. That's why he's not. Know why Jesus is silent? Because we're not at where he's at. What are the Beatitudes, right? Blessed are the poor in spirit. Why? Do we know it? Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Where are their at? Let's go with them because they're seeing God. (laughs) See, you have to leave the house to get to the masses. See, we're in a defining moment as a church, but defining moments give opportunity for defining movements. But if we can't see the movement, we can't seize the moment. This morning... Core church. You've been in the epoch season. How do you know? Well, God actually changed your name. You're now a core, not a river. Because this core will never run out like the river. He said, You're a core, you're a family. A core is the central part. So he's saying over this church today, I want you to be the central part of what I'm doing in this region, in this city, in the surrounding region. I want you to be the core part. Will you capture my heart? Would you capture my strategy to move on beyond everything you've known? (laughs) Will you walk on the very water with me? To step into the unknown. (laughs) Well, you begin to become storytellers. Not just truth tellers. I don't know if you got that. You know, one of the things I love about Chris and Raquel. And that's why some of you guys are here. They're a lot like Jesus. They allow people to belong before they believe. Must of the church, they want people to believe, and then you can belong. Think about it, the disciples; they still were doubting. They didn't really believe, but he allowed them to belong because people are looking for community. They were looking for belonging, and sometimes you first belong before you believe. <laughs> but the religious church, now nah, you got to believe like me. You now nah, you got to believe. You got to believe, believe, and then if you believe, you belong. That wasn't Jesus' style. If that was Jesus' style, then Zacchaeus would not climb the tree searching out for him. How many people searched out for him that were not believers? Because they felt a belonging to him. <laughs> You're the core church, a defining moment. And I'm believing. That today marks a new day that he wants to give you a new method for the masses. So you can understand your identity, but if you got the method, you won't get the masses. I don't know if you got that. See, we got to take our activated identity and get the new method so that the masses would be impacted. What do do you say, Matt? Speak English. He wants to enlarge your family. Because there's brothers and sisters, moms and dads out there that don't know that they're part of the family, and they just need to be awakened to this family. See if the new evangelists are storytellers, then I believe we got we need to start investing on those who want to create movies and stories. <laughs> See, I love Billy Graham, but we're still trying to do stadiums when God's trying to create stories. It's a new era. I'm not saying that we won't meet in stadiums, but I'm prophesying to you that the move of God is going to start in families and houses, and it's going to be so massive that we're going to have to move into stadiums to meet. But right now it's like we're trying to gather everybody at the stadium and they're not showing up and we're and and ministries are going bankrupt because they're spending all this money on stadiums to get all these people to come, and the only people are coming are Christians. And then they have financial issues. Well, God, I thought I heard you. And he's saying, No, that's the old season. I'm doing something new. You're not listening. I'm going to say something that may offend some people, but I believe sometimes the world is listening to God where Christians aren't. And that's why sometimes the world gets the innovation. They don't know it's God. They may call many different things, but God's trying to get get their attention. And then they start having these dreams, and he's trying to send believers to interpret the encounters they're having because they don't know it's God. They're having these dreams, and they're having these innovations. They're getting these plans. They don't know where it's coming from. But it feels like nothing else. I can't explain it. I had this dream, and I felt so loved in a dream, and I got this strategy, but I want to find that love. And where are the Daniels at that will interpret the dreams of these kings? These influencers that are looking because they have no language because they have no interpreter. See, the sound of heaven is not for the world. It's for the church to interpret it for the world. And we're waiting for God to release the sound of heaven that will capture everybody in the world. I got to tell you what, they don't have ears. They don't have understanding, but you do. So then why do we sit on our fat, lazy butts? I'm not mad at you. Please hear my, hear my heart. I'm part of that. It's time we get off our lazy butts and start going into, I mean, do we believe we're the light of the world? Then why are we afraid to go into dark places? Well, I, I, religion taught me I can't go in those places because I'll get the sin cooties. So you have a theology that empowers sin. Not a theology that you came to destroy it because of who you are, because you love so well. Delivered by disruption, dispatched for destiny. Core Church, this is a new day. I'm prophesying, I'm proclaiming, it's a new day. The train's getting ready to take off when you get on board. Will you be a bystander? Will you be a participator? Will you be a co-laborer? Because this region and city is waiting for you to show up. And that's not arrogance. That's actually truth. This area is huge. Houston, Conroe. I can name all the different cities now that I've been here so much. That's what I think when I hear that name. So, There's people here, there's businesses, there's influencers, <laughs> there's young people. What would happen if one of you caught the vision, and even though you didn't feel qualified, you started running for the Board of Education? Because you can actually believe that you could be the leaven of the kingdom to go into the board of education to affect education. What if one of you in here started running for city council? Well, I don't have any government. Doesn't matter. Neither did Daniel. We're so afraid of what we don't have that we miss who we do have. And he's saying, Will you just take your place? Will you just go? Because if you go, you'll become. You're waiting to become and then you'll go. That's not how it works. You go and then you'll become. It's time. It's here. What are you going to do this morning? I might ask you to respond, but what are you going to do? Will you listen? Will you go? If you can't do it for you, do it for your children's children. Children. If you can't find the fortitude to do it for yourself, think about your kids. It's needed right now. If we don't step up and do something, whew. it's time. Can I tell you something? You are enough. You are enough. He's giving you permission, and you are enough. But you have to get out the house. Des, would you Come? I know a lot was
3: released, but I just wanted to share just a few things. Huh? Oh, okay. Do you know how powerful your voice is? Do you? The power of declaration is in what? In your voice, right? It's in your voice. And the nature of our voice is that if we want to see something, we got to say something, right? That's the nature of using your voice. If you want to see something, there's every single one of us in this room sees the way we see on purpose. We don't all see the same, and that's on purpose. You see things that I don't see. I see things that you don't see. And if we don't step into that and begin to use our voice, we're not going to see the very thing that God is calling us to see. Say this with me. You ready to use your voice? Ready to release a declaration? You ready? Are you sure? All right. Say, my story is my authority. Say it again. My story is my authority. Matt released a lot on those lines, but I think sometimes that we don't realize when we're going through things, you know, we, we believe it. Like, we're like, yeah, God's destiny. I have a purpose. I have all this, right? But when we're going through things, let's be really real. Let's be honest. Sometimes we just want to get through it. Like, please, God, just let me get through this, right? Right? I just want to make it through on the other side, and that's real, and that's raw, and sometimes we go through hell, and it feels like that, but you have to know today, he read it earlier, we all know this scripture, all things, right, work together, for what? For good, according to your purpose. Your purpose. So what is your purpose? Your purpose is in your story. We cannot just hurry up and run through those places that God is releasing our story within us because our story is creating an authority that you are going to release. By the sound of your voice, by the touch of your hand, by the steps of your foot, wherever you go, wherever you speak, wherever you show up, you have an authority to release and you have to believe that. But if you don't realize that, that everything I've been through, every breakthrough that I've walked through, everything that I have fought through and gained victory in, that I have something to release according to that authority, then guess what? It won't happen. If you want to see that breakthrough in others, you've got to begin to open your mouth. You got to begin to show up. Matt released a lot of strategy and insight what happened what has happened really in the last year and a half in a lot of our lives in our country and our world. And we understand the age-old strategy of the enemy is what? kill, steal, and destroy. If you bully it all down, that's the strategy of the enemy. And we can just bypass like he was talking about what yesterday, like, oh no, no, God's good. Don't focus on that. Don't, don't focus on that. We don't, listen, we don't focus on it, but we shouldn't be stupid either. (laughs) We're not going to settle in and start thinking and meditating on all the bad stuff that's happening in our life, all the things that he's stolen from us, all the things that he's tried to to rob and and kill in our lives. No, we're not meditating on it. But if you don't recognize what he's trying to do, how are you going to know the strategy to get breakthrough over those things? Okay? So I just felt like the Lord in this season, as we are beginning to recognize all that he is doing um, in the past and up till now and into the future is that he's releasing in us a faith for our purpose and a courage for the promise. And a lot for a lot of years, I kind of lumped those together. like promise, purpose, it's all the same, right? It's all lumped together. It's our part of our destiny. Well, okay, kind of, but it, for me, I got a clear distinction the Lord showed me, and it really helped me to gain some perspective. So purpose, really quickly, I'm, I'm just going to share really quickly. Purpose, this is the reason for which something is done or created for which something exists. Okay, you got that. That's purpose. So our purpose is connected to our identity. We've talked a lot about identity, right? Our purpose is connected to our identity. That means that our purpose is available when? When? Now, always, you are always in your purpose when you're operating in your activated identity, always. So purpose is not this thing that keeps eluding us. Like I always felt like it was, I'm never gonna arrive at this place of purpose. It frustrated me so bad. Like you would hear people speak about purpose and operating your purpose and, and dream big dreams. And I'd be like, I don't even know what that means. Like, how do, I, how do you do that? How do you get there? That, that's the point. You don't get there. It's now. Your purpose is now. Your purpose is in your identity. It is who you are. There's no place of arrival. But this is the uncovering and unveiling of your story moment. Okay? This is a moment of uncovering and unveiling your story. Because some of you have lived too long under the shame of your story. But your authority lies in your story. And it's time to begin to release your story. There has been delays, discouragement, disappointments, disillusionment, and despair that have set in from the traumas and the pain of past seasons. But God is removing those. He is removing those and healing those things. And those that have allowed the Lord and the Holy Spirit to go deep in this time, You're going to come out. I see you stepping on the scene and you're going to be glowing with his glory because you have allowed the Lord to heal the pain of your past. And it is not because there's a progression you know when we face delays in certain areas. Let me just read really quick. I missed I missed one one thing because I told you what purpose is. But what? Listen to what promise is. Promise. A declaration or assurance that one will do a particular thing, or a particular thing will happen. So do you see the difference? Our purpose is connected to who we are. That never changes. It's it's our identity. It's our God given identity. But there are promises that are on hold. There are promises on delayed. And that they require us to step in and to participate and activate those promises. And how do we do it? It's through courage. There has been discouragement. There's been diss on your courage and it's going to go. It's got to go. Right? So just say that with me. All diss, all my courage has got to go now in Jesus' name. Say this. Say, I choose courage this day. Courage is not an emotion. I'm going to say that again. Courage is not an emotion. It's a choice. God encourages us, but we have to choose courage and step into it. And I believe there are a lot of promises that are yes and amen, but they're on delay because we have a lot of fear of stepping into courage and that is going in Jesus name so once discouragement steps in, set, sets in it robs our courage and then we feel disappointment right and when we feel disappointment it changes our posture about the nature of God and then disillusionment sets in and it changes the way we see everything And then if we allow it to go to the next level, then that's when despair sets in. And that attacks the very core of who you are. It attacks your identity. Your core operating system and how you see yourself, God, and others. I just felt like the Lord said, don't miss the moment. And I don't mean just right now. I don't mean just this moment. I mean the moment. What he's doing in your life. What he's doing in this hour. What he's doing in this time. Like Matt's talking about. If you see this last season as, oh my God, can we just get through that and move on? Come Like, Lord, that's too much. But if you really recognize the purpose in which God is doing you're gonna to begin to be able to access everything he has for you. And everything that you have access to, not just for you, not just for your household, but what you're supposed to release on this earth. And I feel like there's at least a handful of you that you don't realize how ready you are. You don't realize how ready you are, that you have been prepared for this moment. You've been prepared By fire. So just do me a favor. Would you guys all stand? It's time for us to do exactly what Matt spoke on. This is not about spectatorship. This is not about just getting good information. But we got to own it. And I am speaking to myself. You don't even know. (laughs) We have to own it. Would you guys just close your eyes for a minute? I just wanted to ask if there's anyone here, if you feel like that despair has set in, like, okay, let's, yes, delay, yes, discouragement, yes, Disappointment, Yes, delusionment. I can't see straight. I feel confusion. I feel like I can't see which way's up or down. I don't know what's next. I, I, All my relationships are a mess. I just, I don't even know what to do with my life. If you feel like you're in that place with no one looking around, would you just raise your hand for me? Thank you. Thank you for being honest. I just want to pray over you. I just want to declare something over you real quick. And would you guys participate as a body? You don't need to know who raised their hand, but would you just join? And if you have a prayer language, would you just begin to pray in your prayer language? Because this, we have to realize as a body that when one of our brothers or sisters is battling something, that's not just their battle, right? We get to do this together. So Lord, we just lift up our brothers and sisters right now, the ones that feel like they have had it. Lord, the ones that have been through hell and back, the ones that feel like they have lost all courage, Lord, we lift them up and where they feel like they don't have any strength left, Lord, we just impart strength to them this day. Lord, we just declare courage over them this day. God, where they feel like they are too weak, Lord, we thank you that your strength is founded in their weakness, God. So we just declare over them life, 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 every assault of the enemy, Lord, we just declare is null and void this day. Lord, we thank you for joy, joy that doesn't make sense. Lord, we thank you, Shodabasha, for peace. God, I thank you right now. I declare over them from the soles of their feet to the crown of their head, Shalom. From the soles of their feet to the crown of their head, perfect peace where their soul is in chaos. Lord, I just declare perfect peace right now over every anxiety, every worry, all fear. Lord, we just declare right now courage to that place that you have what it takes, that all timidity goes now, all intimidation, the assault of intimidation is removed off your life in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name all disillusionment goes now, the root of disappointment, listen, God is not afraid of your honesty. If you feel like you have disappointment with God, have a talk with Him. He is not surprised by that. If you are are feeling like that, have a conversation with Him. He knows anyway. Lord, but I declare the sting of disappointment, things that are on delay, that sting that is rooted in In our hearts, Lord, we just give it to you this day, Lord. We actively, if you feel like that is you, that you feel like, yeah, I I got some disappointment. I got some disappointment. That is real and honest. And me and Matt just went through this last week. Okay? (laughs) So if you feel like, oh, they don't go through that kind of stuff. Yeah. (laughs) We've all been there, right? If you feel like I'm going through some major disappointment, this could be something from 20 years ago. This could be something from last week. It I, doesn't matter. But I just want you to participate. This isn't just, oh, cute. That's so cute. Let's just talk about disappointment. Like, no, this is hindering. This is a, a wall. It's a very thin wall that you can flick, and it'll be broken, but you still got to flick it, and you got to choose it. Okay? So if you feel like you have dealt with disappointment that is set in, I just see this root that is getting pulled out and it, it's a weed but it is hindering your growth so just do this, this act with me I don't care if it's corny just reach in like where your heart is and just pluck it out so on the count of three let's just do that together so we just say Lord all disappointment that has rooted in my heart n- whether it's knowingly or unknowingly whether I partnered with it on accident or not, Lord, where I've put my trust in other things and not in you. Lord, we just declare on the count of three, Lord, that we would just choose to remove that that sting, that root of disappointment so we could see clearly, so that we could see you in the light of who you are. We can see your nature, the goodness of who you are, the good father that you are. So ready, here we go. One, two, three, just pluck that thing out and throw it. Throw it. Disappointment, you go now. Disappointment, you go now. You will not speak any longer to your sons and daughters. You will not whisper in their ears. Remember that what should have happened? Remember what could have happened? Shut up in Jesus' name. It's time to get tenacious, guys. It's time to raise up and tell those voices, those little foxes that have been spoiling the vine. It's time to get tenacious about it and just say, You know what? You need to shut up. (laughs) Okay? Get tenacious about it. So, Lord, we just thank you for who you are. We just declare as we go forth out of this place today that we will choose to see you for who you are. We choose to see you for who you are. Thank you, Lord.
2: My brother back there doing the sound. What's your name? Gregory? Hey, um. I heard the Lord say that there's a new set of challenges coming for you. And when I mean challenges, I don't mean challenges in the aspect of of trials, but challenges because you feel under challenge. And I heard the Lord say that you're going to represent a generation that's about to come in, and He's about to visit you in the next couple weeks. Because you're actually a sign of what I was talking about. There's innovation and creativity in your hands that is about to come out. And uh, I, I don't know how it's going to ma- manifest fully, but there's even something in the area of, uh, uh, of um, oh man, what is that, Lord? I keep seeing it. Something about creation and technology and innovation that is coming out of you that's actually going to be a marker in your life. That is actually gonna be a blessing to the church, and so I just bless you right now, in Jesus' name. And uh, man, I, it's funny. I look at you and I see me. And what I see, I'll just say what I see. Uh, when I when I was when I went to youth group, when I first went to youth group, I felt bored. It is because I felt under challenge and not really knowing who fullness I was. And I feel like the Lord said that you felt under challenge, but there's challenges coming now. And they're going to be amazing because it's actually going to put on display who you really are. And so I just bless you and I honor who you are, man. You rock, bro. You're amazing, man. You really are. You you, um, You are quick to give. You are quick to give. And God sees what you've given, you serve, And then my brother right here, you're a So I need to pray for you. Can you come up here real quick? Yeah, yeah. What's your first name again? Josiah, I know we talked on Instagram. Uh, briefly, but I want you to put your hands out because God wants to bring provision to your hands for some short films, okay? So there's some short films I see you creating that are actually going to, kind of what I was talking about today, I actually saw you creating some short films, but you're going to need some finances and backers to get behind that. Uh, And there's some short films in your heart. Some of them, will have uh, biblical things, but the ones that you really want to create are going to be such so outside the box that the Holy Spirit's going to be behind it, but they're not really going to be necessarily all Bible and all Jesus, okay? But that's what's needed right now, because these generations are going to experience something, but it's going to cause them to ask questions. And I actually saw you creating short films that would, have, would be Holy Spirit inspired, so the Holy Spirit would be on it. But it wouldn't necessarily be Christianese, but it would cause people to walk away asking questions seeking God. <laughs> and so, Father, I thank you for the short films I see in his heart. And so now I call in the backers, the financers, the influencers that will see the gift that he is and begin to get behind this because really it's an evangelistic call. <laughs> You're one of those new breeds of evangelists that I've been talking about that's showing up on the scene, that's going to reach a generation. You're going to be able to reach in one movie what many ministers can't even do in one stadium. Oh. And so God says, get ready. I know your heart. I know how you've come alongside of helped many. Now everything that you've sown, it's time to reap. And so, Father, we call in those ones, even ones that you've already been speaking to, Lord, those ones who are supposed to write the checks to get behind the vision, because this man has vision, now I call him the provision. And so, Father, anoint these hands. I pray dreams at night that you would actually give him scripts, that you would give him things outside the box. (laughs) I declare dreams at night over you, that your heart would begin to burn right now, that you would feel the burning of the compassion and love of God that would inspire everything that you begin to film. I call in the actors, the right actors that you are needing. I call in even the uh, aspect, some of it's going to be documentary style. (laughs) I call in every resource and everything that you would need. We call it in. We say, let it be so, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. (laughs) Thanks, man. You're a sign, bro. Come on. Whoo. Father, let's just do this. This is how we're going to get another Chris. Father, we love you. We thank you. And we say, we are all in. I want you to say this as a declaration. Whether you go here or not, if you don't go here, you don't have to say it. But if you this is your house, I want you to say, Father, We are core. We take our spot and our place and our platform to be the core that you've created us to be. We are family. We are core. And we choose this day to pick up our assignment. And we align with all of heaven for the transformation of our city our region our state and our nation in Jesus name amen Chris oh man dude
1: so how long ago was it when we had our phone call Josiah like three weeks ago we were something like that and I said hey man so what do, you, what do you got next? What, what, do you, what are you going to work on next? What's, what's going on in the Rendon world? And he goes, oh, man, we're going to work on some short films. I really got this idea that I really want to jump into, and I, I, I'm going to try to figure this out. And he starts laying out just a little bit of it, short films. I think you mentioned the documentary style. Did you tell me that? or it, I, didn't, I didn't tell him any of that. You know, I didn't, I didn't tell him any of that. <laughs> is so he is so good um, Man, are you good? Are you encouraged? Yes. I'm, I'm excited about the strategy And you know, I want to say something um, Really directed at, at those of you that have partnered with us Your, your family here at CORE um, You know, we've been through a lot And we've been learning a lot And the one thing I will say Is that Raquel and I's leaders have not been in a hurry We've not been in a rush. There's no pressure. We left all that religiousness behind about the, the we have to get to a stadium or, oh, we have to be recognized. Somebody said we're supposed to be a, well, actually you did it. Yeah. We're supposed to be a resource center. And, we're, and, you know, him and two, one other guy s- prophesied this exact same stuff. And we haven't been, oh, let's hurry up. Let's get in the limelight. We had a couple of opportunities with a few things that happened around here. And it wasn't like we have to push and force and, My point is is that just we've been in the process of building. We've been in the process of laying the foundation for those of us that have partnered here at this house, for this community, and for this aspect of the world around us. And we, Raquel and I, are more than grateful for you, for hanging in, for sticking with us. I mean, we're sticking with y'all because we're just driving the car really Because Core Church is you. And what's about to happen, this was the next shifting of the gear for us. Because we, you all know about identity. If you're partnered here with us, you know about identity. Most of you know who you are. But this has shifted our gear and our focus and our attention, I believe. But most of all, I think our purpose has shifted. Not that we didn't know what we're supposed to do, but our purpose has shifted to where we know the gas pedal was there, but now we get to step on it. Does that make sense? Not that we're in a rush, but now I believe strategy is going to be coming to each of you individually uh, for your own ministries and for your own hearts of what you're going to be doing and for us here as we move forward. Man, this is exciting for me anyway. I don't know. You excited? Yeah. Thumbs up. Anybody else excited? Yeah. So in, in not rushing and in, in all that and not... We're not trying, whether you get to a stadium or you get on Bethel TV or you get on TBN or you don't, none of that changes your identity. And none of that changes your purpose. That's not what we're about. We're about meeting the need of the community for the will of the Father. Is that, that's our heart, right? And so let's, let's put our purpose in gear. Let's hit the gas and start moving forward. I don't know what that looks like for us. We've had ideas and desires and plans and things that we want to try to do. And some of it, it just, it's like, it's just not right there yet. And I think now that changes. I think now that changes. It's good stuff. You got anything to add? I knew she did. She told me no while ago.
0: such a long walk from that chair to this spot I was sitting here and the only word that was just coming through my mind was uh, a new era and I, that's all and I'm like uh, Chris is, before he came up here he says do you have anything to say and I'm like no other than that word so I'm like okay God here I am I'm saying the word a new era <laughs> and I think that just us as a body this weekend We're stepping into that new era. And it's, I want to say it's beautiful. It's going to be beautiful. Because that new era, you know, it's not something that we've done before. It's not something that has been done before. And that's what we're stepping in. And I think I want to say, partner with us as we build those stepping stones on that path that we're going to build for others to follow. I don't want this to sound negative, but you guys all know the mothership, Bethel, who opened the door and paved the way for so many churches to find this awakening. I don't want to be Bethel. I want to be core because God's called us to that, right? Nothing negative. I love Bill, Chris. I love what they have. It was Chris's story that helped us be where we're at today. I love it. But we're building a path and we're just asking you, let's do this, guys. Let's build this path, stone by stone, step by step, and let's pat each other on the back when we do it. Let's not be afraid to make mistakes. Let's not be afraid to fail. Let's not be afraid when it doesn't look right. <laughs> it's okay, it's our path, we're building it. We can change the stone if we want to. Come on, man. Come on. I just wanna say I love you guys, man. I love what we're building, I love Family, I love, I don't know if this goes with what I'm going to say. A couple weeks ago, we had a conversation with Marilyn, and I don't remember, I think Lydia was in this conversation, I think. And we were just putting some thoughts and feelings on the table. And it was beautiful. We weren't fighting each other. We walked away in love. We walked away more family than when we went in. And that's the family that I want to be a part of. Man, I'm sick and tired of being afraid that if I say something wrong, if I say this, if I say that, oh, my God, what are you going to think? And this is what she said. And then now we're going to have clicks. Man, forget that stuff. I'm so done with that stuff. This side of the church, that side of the church, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, I just want to say I love you guys. We're stepping in this new era. And John, I just want to say I love you, dude. I just, if you guys can sit and listen to what's going on in that head, man, it'll blow your mind. It will blow your mind. There's a lot of wealth and knowledge in that guy that we need to hear more on a regular basis. Anyways, rabbit trail. I just want to say I love you guys, and let's do this new era. Wow. Build this stone with us. Build this stepping stone with us. Thank you.
1: It's good stuff, Amen. Yeah. So, Father, we just thank you for today, for this weekend. We thank you for for Matt and Dez imparting, teaching, laying just some amazing truths out for us to to soak up. And I thank you for these words that have come forth for your for your people, God. Um, I, I thank you that we're in this run together with all these partners with Core with who we're, who we're walking with, who we're running with, who we're building with, Lord. And man, I love that analogy that Raquel just laid out, that Lord, help us to put that stone, that stepping stone there. What's crazy is that you usually give us the stone once we've already taken the step. So help us to take that step by faith and build that stone as we go. Man, Lord, you're beautiful. You're amazing. I thank you for your people. I thank you for the work you're doing. Once again, Lord, we cry out to you for Roger Rodriguez in that hospital room, for Sarah, his wife. Lord, we pray here for Eric and Rebecca, his mother and father. Lord, we just we just pray, Father, for your will. Uh, we, pray, we pray for healing, God. We want to be, I want to be specific, God. Your will is good. That, that's, that's a known. That's a given. That's so I want to be very specific that I, I'm asking you for healing, Father. We are asking for a miracle in his lungs and in his chest. So, Lord, we thank you. I pray for the rest of this week, Lord, that we would step in, uh, continue to step in to what you're doing, walk in our identity, and release the kingdom everywhere we go. Father, we thank you. Jesus, you're good. Holy Spirit, you're welcome to move and reveal the Father's heart to us in every moment, every way. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen, man. We love you all so much. Uh, if you need any any prayer specific, man, please just just come right up. Be sure and get a handshake or something uh, from Matt and Dez. We love you all. God bless and be safe.